This is Tactically Speaking. I'm Samer. I'm Javi. Today we're going to look at Fulham versus West Ham. We're going to look at Liverpool versus Manchester United. And then some possible rule changes if we have time at the end. Let's get into it. Let's do it. And Sergio Ramos gets a nipple erection. What the Fence defense stretched out like spandex on Miami Beach in Samer. First, Fulham, West Ham, your general impressions. General impressions, I thought Fulham looked better from the beginning. They came out with some energy, which we've all been talking about. They need to do. Can they start quick? Can they score some goals? Well, they started quick. They created some chances. Problem didn't is, get the goals. Still didn't score <laughs> goals. Uh, and so, you know, they looked better on offense. They looked like they had some energy and a little bit better game plan and a couple different options. But ultimately... Gave up two sloppy goals and West Ham punished them. They were doing all the things, all the difficult things. Right. The, the stuff that it's easier for us to say than it is to do of like, oh, you need to attack great and you need right. to do this and you need to compete in the EPL and create opportunities and yeah. have a varied attack and introduce variety into your offense. Yeah. And then nothing. Nothing. I mean... Perfectly exemplified by that Kamara 101. Yes. Yes. I mean, Kamara's got... Tons of space, great run, great ball. He gets one-on-one with the keeper. Doesn't look comfortable to begin with. Kind of bad first touch and closes down his own angle and keeper makes a good save. Yeah. And still 0-0. I I fear that this is the kind of thing where since you need that confidence, you're playing well as a team, you need that. You need to be rewarded for effort. So that, you know, if you're like, man, we keep missing... I think in the player's head, you start thinking we're going to get relegated. This is going to go bad. You know, we're going to lose... They did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you just need that. Uh, you need to feel rewarded for your efforts when you're so, so, so down. Right. I mean, we've put, you've, we've all played in those games where it's it seems like nothing's going to go your way. You do the work. You start. You fix something. You work really hard. The goals still don't come. And after a while, and then you, you, you let one in. And it's like, man, well, we just can't. Yeah. Nothing's gonna go our way. And for them, that weight is the weight of the season, not just the yes, game. Yes, exactly. It's impossible to not think about that stuff. No. But anyway, let's. This is tactics podcast, right? So tactically yes. speaking, yeah. offensively, I was very happy with Fulham in the first half. Yeah, I, strong. Love their attitude. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they with Mitrovic in there, it's very different. He's a he's a pretty good goal scorer. He likes to, you know, he can create spaces in a couple of different ways. Sometimes he would drift out wide. He wasn't just the target man. Sometimes he would drift out wide to create some space, and guys were coming through the middle, or they were playing out wide and getting crosses in. They were, they had a couple of different looks, much better than the previous week when we talked about them against yeah. Manchester United. I thought on shifting a little bit to defense from the Fulham side. Yeah, all of that. Uh, fun and variety that they're introducing the offense was leading them to forget that d- defense is also a thing that happens yeah, in the beautiful yeah. game of soccer. Right. The We criticized them last week for being too rigid on their formation and tactics, which didn't allow them to be successful on offense. This time, they they lost that rigidity that we don't like on offense, but they completely gave up on it also on defense. Yeah. The midfield line specifically, they were not committed to either offense really or defense. They were just kind of like somewhere in the middle they were not defending as a team. Players were frequently out of position. 
Um, and on very basic stuff too. Not, I'm not saying like that there wasn't some intricate tactics. It was just one-on-one stuff that the right. team was not defending well. Yeah, I, I agree. Defensively atrocious. Uh, again, uh, they can't get the simple things right. The shifting, the stuff that you t- talk about as a youth soccer player. You know, pressure, cover, balance. It, it seemed like they forgot all that. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm going to have to pick on Odie, the right back again. He's had two bad weeks in a row. Two very bad weeks. Um, this week, <clears throat> he was getting caught out. And sometimes that center mid would kind of shift back in to cover for him a lot. Would try to have to cover him. But it pulled him out of position. He got, you know, nutmegged. Uh, in the box at one point, <laughs> yes. like you know, he just he did not seem comfortable. The first goal, he tries to make a desperation slide tackle, and he, he's unable to get it there. And now they're you know they got a break and they end up you know finishing it away. Um, but it, defensively, yeah, I just I don't understand. There's no shifting, no covering. It, it just looks very sloppy. I think. And I think we can use the Fulham defense conversation to shift in a second to West Ham. Yes, because. One thing that I disliked about the Fulham defense is kind of the other side of the coin is something that I liked about the West Ham offense, yes. which is because that midfield line was not there or like they were not really getting back after right. they got, got beat. What West Ham would do is they would skip the possession part of the game and just they would place all their efforts on getting past that midfield line. And when that happened, it was a free for all. It yeah. didn't matter. Like once they were able to beat that midfield line, which was not difficult to do. Cause again, no. they were not playing well on defense. They were not even really trying. Then, you know, it was just them against the back four right. every single time. I thought it was so bad, but uh, we can segue then into the West Ham team. Um, unless you have anything else to say on the Fulham side defensively. No, I mean, you saw it on both goals. It's, it's poor defending the second goal. Two guys go up to challenge for the ball. Two center guys go up to challenge for the ball. And the guy's just, he's sitting there. All by himself. All by himself. Mr. Antonio. Mr. Antonio. Yeah. And wonderful finish. <laughs> yeah. But there's no pressure on him. I mean, that's basic. It's one guy goes, you can't just leave him open in the box. And often, Samer, when we say somebody receives in the box with no pressure, yeah. we mean, you know, that the defender was five feet away or seven right. feet away, which is unacceptable in the box. No. Nope. It was like 20 feet, yeah. Yeah. like to the nearest defender. Yes. And they both just lost the header. <laughs> so, yeah. West Ham, let's transition to them because I, I agree. I You can only talk so much about Fulham and their lack of defending. Uh, but West Ham, like you said, I thought they set up well. They had, at times, a very clear 4-4-2. And they attacked with a purpose. They made sure to, when they broke, they would counter quickly and catch that Fulham midfield who had you know been pushed up or yeah. sucked out or, or the outside backs that had been sucked up. They would try to catch them out, and they did. And they were they were very effective at it. I liked it. I really liked similar comments I have as for the Fulham offense for the West Ham. Yeah. Very good attack, creative attack. I liked it. I like it. I love it when uh, when players provide short pass support to their teammates. Yeah. Um, that just creates a lot of space when you check to the ball behind you. I, I think that's also a generous thing to do as a player. Very important tactically as well. Providing short pass support. They were doing that a lot on... Yeah. On um on offense, you have a lot of short passes in a small period of time. This is like what City does, mm-hmm. obviously a different yeah. scale. It's different scale, but, but yes. you do that, you draw everybody in, and then boom, long ball, you're yeah, you're off you're to the races. The and they did that so many times, pretty successfully. They did, and they looked, you know, Fulham attacked well at the beginning, but West Ham stayed organized. 
they were able to kind of withstand some of that Fulham attack, and they, you know, put away their chances when they came. They never seemed like they were, you know, freaking out um, because Fulham was on the attack. They made calm. They had their short passes. They stuck to their game plan, and it worked out for them. Yeah. Defensively, uh, West Ham, I was not super impressed with them in the first half. Yeah. I think that's probably part of the Fulham success we were talking about. They were giving them way too much space. They were. The fact that Fulham was able to reliably be like make decisions as to whether they would pass or shoot. The fact that they had the time to make that decision yeah. speaks to the fact that West Ham was not really pressuring as as tightly as they should have. No, I, I agree. They <clears throat> they sat back and they got numbers behind the ball, eight or nine at a, at a time. Usually they had everybody back, but they were sitting off a little bit. And so it gave Fulham that space. They were space back, but they were not really defending. Right. right. They, they were just kind of shifting with the ball, but not pressing yeah. and not... You know, being right in Fulham's face. The the center mid specifically, I was not happy with the the kind of support. Um, I, I want to get into the homework that that we had for them. Yeah. Uh, for the halftime homework. Yeah. Uh, because it's kind of the same that I was going to say, which is my homework for West Ham was re- defensively. I didn't really have any homework on offense. Defensively, is the center mids need to provide coverage. It's so key yeah. for center mids when your team is defending. Part of the role of the center mid is to fall into coverage wherever you are needed. Right. If your outside back steps up to a player, yeah. I, either the, you know either the center the center back pushes in and then the center mid falls in, right. or the center mid just directly falls into that spot. Um, for a very every position, one of the center mids, what they do is if somebody steps out, yeah. you're the first one to kind of step back in, and then it trickles down from there. Right. They I don't think they I don't think they were doing that so. It was often just a one-on-one, and once you beat that one-on-one, there was no support. Yeah. So the Fulham players were, you know, had plenty of space in offense. That was my homework for West Ham. What yeah. do you think? Do you have any homework for them? No, I mean, you know, I echo what you're saying there. I think making sure that they've that they're pressing a little bit more, and you know, going in two nothing, dangerous scoreline. Can you go ahead and kill the game off early in the second yeah. half, and maybe put one more away? That was all I would really say for West Ham. Yeah. What about for Fulham? Uh, Fulham, can you continue to fight? Can you create some more chances? And can you, most importantly, can you finish them? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it doesn't do you any good to create a bunch of chances and not finish. Yeah, it just thinks because we like, uh, so far what we've done in the podcast is we've given sort of very actionable homework. Yeah. Uh, clearly, you know, like, sorry, yeah. listening. Yeah. Taking Renary, that feedback I mean, they started is, is very applicable, yeah. obviously, all the feedback <laughs> that we give. But here, the feedback is not actionable like no. you can't just say hey he man uh, score yeah oh okay right. it's not actionable right. <laughs> but really that is what they needed the yeah. most. it's like you said they did the hard part yeah they created the chances yeah that's you know those are the and, difficult things and i like them enough that as a coach i wouldn't want to give them a notice on offense because right. i don't want to get in their heads i just want them to keep doing what you're doing yeah just organizing the man. back yeah and, and then organizing the back you yeah, can't on continue defense, to definitely give up some notes. so many goals yeah I mean my homework for defensively at halftime was tighten up figure it out okay communicate I don't know if it's a lack of communication I mean I would love to to be there and to hear what's going yeah. on on the field to see if you know if, if there's a center back taking charge is the goalkeeper taking charge is he commanding that people shift and pull a center mid back and you know, I it just doesn't seem like there's an organization in the back, and it's it's too easy for other teams to break down. One of the consequences, obviously, when you attack a lot, is you might be vulnerable on the counter. Yeah, this was, not, I think, not the case with Fulham. There were some times when it looked like West Ham was countering. Right. They were not countering. They just had numbers because Fulham was not getting back. Right. When they had plenty of time to do that. Yes. So that was my homework for them. Defense, like 
especially midfield lines, you guys aren't even contributing that much in offense. Right. There's no excuse for you to stay that far up for so long. Yeah. And that second goal, Antonio's goal, is a perfect example of that. That was not a true like fast-paced counter. No. It no. was a good attack. It was a quick attack. It was not like I won't consider like a super fast counter. It was right. just nobody got it's, back. It's no Belgium counter in the World Cup. No. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> At some point, they're going to have to figure something out in the back. You can't continue to let up two, three goals a game, yeah. especially with your offense not finishing chances. No. That's a quick way to get relegated. Yeah. What about the second half? Do you see any changes? I mean, West Ham did, did what they needed to do to put the game away. I thought, I mean, nothing huge from either team. Uh, mostly more of the same, but... I agree. Normally, know. when I'm watching these games, uh, the way I take notes is I, I'll write down the minute when right. I want to take a note. It might not be about something that happened in the minute, but I take a note like, just to yeah. remind myself, oh, this is what I'm thinking at this right. time. Um, and normally, you have like 10 or... <laughs> or 15 notes, bullet points on each half. Right. Uh, this time, I think for the second half, for the entire second half for both teams, I had like one note each. Right. Like nothing really yeah. changed. Fulham continued to attack at the beginning. This kind of the same way. Yeah. But West Ham corrected a little bit on defense. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they did what they had to do to put the game away. Right. And, you know, defensively at least. But not really a whole lot of changes no. in the second half, right? No. And they end up, um, you know, Fulham was another one. Yeah, uh, that's good. Uh, I do want to give merit to West Ham yeah, for absolutely. reading that game, right? Mm-hmm. You put all that effort in the first half. It paid off. Mm-hmm. You you were talking about how you can go up and score the third and really put it away. Right. But they also did a good job of recognizing against Fulham, maybe putting maybe a third not. one in was not necessarily, like it was that's already true. away. So just organize yourself. Don't risk too much. Sometimes you just got to yeah. do that. They did that well. Yeah. I mean, they uh, they look like a new team. They've... Uh, one, three straight now, four straight, something like that. Uh, with Pellegrini in charge, so you know, I'd, I'm I'm interested to watch West Ham go forward. Kind of bringing into our homework from the game is. So what is your? Did you have? Did you have any homework from them that's separate from the first half homework? Just uh, moving forward, what do you want to see? No, I mean just moving forward. I want to see if West Ham continue to play like the team they they should be. I mean they've got some decent players. They yeah. they've brought in some. I mean they have. What's impressive to me is the number of injuries that they have right now in some big guys like Arnautovic. Yeah. Who, and they're still winning. So can they continue when those guys come back? Can they really be prolific and, and challenge up there in that you know seventh, eighth spot? Yeah. Uh, and be the team that a lot of people thought they would be, middle of the table, maybe pushing towards, towards that seventh spot. Same. I don't have any major homework from them yeah. either, especially because they corrected my first half homework. Yeah. I don't really have much moving forward. It's not good to necessarily always switch things up. I think if they keep going the way they're playing and they keep it clean in the in the back yeah. they, throughout the game, I think they'll be good, like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, what about for film? You have home. I mean, it's, it's, it's more of the yeah. same, you know. Uh, figure out the defense. You've got to figure out that organization. You can't be bleeding in those goals. And continue to do what you do on the offense. Stay with it. Stay patient. And hopefully they will come. As as bad as they've been playing, they are they can easily get out of the relegation zone. It's very tight down there right now. And if they can stay patient with that offense, I think they can start to score some goals. It's a matter of can you balance that offense with a tight defense. I agree. I don't want to give them any homework on offense because you risk like not playing the way they did, right. which I, I really, really liked for them. 
it's just like you said, it has to come and they have to score. So I yeah. don't want them to change an offense. What I do want to do is maybe do some defensive drills yeah. at practice because yeah. the stuff that they were not doing well is the stuff that you do in drills. Yeah, It's the stuff where you just repeat, rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. You know, you do for an hour practice of just shifting, like you were saying earlier, shifting from left to right and just going through the motions of shifting left to right for an hour, doing some chalkboard work, some, yeah. some video. But it's very basic, basic tactics. I mean, we're not talking about complex tactics here. It's no. based, It's the kind of defensive tactics that you almost shouldn't have to tell players at this point in their careers because they should just know intuitively how to do certain things. Right. And so I don't know if they played so well offensively because they focused on that because they always needed to. And so maybe that's all they did at practice yeah. for yeah. a week. Is, Could be. And it paid off. Maybe that's what happened. And yeah. then they forgot that they had to practice on defense as well. Yeah. I don't know. But that's my homework for them. I agree. Clean it up on defense. Yeah. And they got to figure it out quick because this Christmas stretch of yeah. uh, Premier League games is tough. Yeah. And that can either, that can really sink And you. I guess to give specific feedback to Ranieri, because mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll, he'll start listening. I'm sure he'll listen. He yeah. probably will. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. Getting, to me, the most important part is those center mates getting back quickly. Yeah. Uh, if it means to deliver the assignee player, a traditional defensive mate, to stay a little bit further back so that you have that support. Right. You know, if that's what it takes. To, to adjust somebody in the middle or maybe it's somebody in the middle of the defense who runs the show verbally, you know, right. just telling players, hey, get back, you know, somebody to organize on the field. But they need that. They need, especially, I think, it's much more than that, but I think the biggest thing is get those center mids back yeah. uh, faster, right. honestly. Stop sucking on defense. Yeah, I agree. Okay, shall we shift over to the Liverpool-Manchester United game? <sighs> Going to put me in a bad mood again. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Samer, let's talk. Um, you know what? I'll just let you go with it. Um, <laughs> I, I, here's what I'll tell you, Samer. We have limited time, okay? Yes. I Although I suspect say. you might not want to talk much about the game, so time might not be an issue. Yeah, you you might have to stop me at, at some time. I might just get on a roll and get into giving people bookings here. Um, <laughs> okay, Liverpool, the much better team from start to finish. Um, Liverpool came out, they... Flooded the midfield. It was very uh, fluid in their movements. And Salah and Firmino and Sané in and out. They controlled anything out of the back from Manchester United, which wasn't much, to be honest. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, they just... they Sané had a beautiful goal. Miscommunication yes. oh, again man. from Manchester yeah. United's defense. Um, we'll get a little bit more of that in a second. And United... Obviously, very lucky to get back into it when they did on Lingard's yeah. goal. They had no business. No there. business. No, absolutely not. And then deservedly so, Liverpool finish off two deflections with as many shots as they had. I think it was, what, 36 to 5? Yeah. That's embarrassing. I think on goal, it was like 15 to 2 at the yeah. end of the game. Unbelievable. Yeah. This is a team that has won more Premier League titles than anybody. And looks like a championship side. And by the way, more Premier League titles, not in the 60s and 70s. No, like recently. I, yeah, recently. So <laughs> for them to be outworked, outclassed like that was extremely embarrassing. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get your takes and then uh, <laughs> All right, cool off for a second. Same but. thing for Liverpool for me. Uh, it's easier for us to sit here and feel obligated to give notes because we think we're all that in a bag of chips, right. you and I. right. Now, I mean, honestly, and when we get to the homework in a second, my notes for Liverpool are 
no homework, keep it up. <laughs> because fair. again, it would be facetious for me to be here like, oh, right. you should adjust this. No. No. It was great. Don't change it. Keep playing like that. Uh, evidently, they are. They're winning every game. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nothing. Uh, even when we've talked, by the way, Sam, about like Manchester City, who's obviously a great side. Yeah. I've had more slight tactical notes. Right. Even when we talked about like City and mm. even Chelsea when they played well. But for Liverpool, it's the first game we've watched for the podcast where I'm like, yeah. I have nothing to contribute. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it was it was it was fun to watch Liverpool yeah. because you know, Salah would come inside, it would give wing backs opportunity to get on the outside, it would it would mess up you you know, United United started with three in the back, uh, and then had the you know, the two wing backs. Um but United one of the biggest issues, I don't think they have a game plan. They don't I, we talked about that last week and I, I look I see it again this week. It looks like Jose Mourinho is picking people he likes and not what fits the system or what or just kind of hey let's pack it in and do damage control. You guys go play some soccer like backyard pickup. Yes. So I let me talk about it a little bit and I'm going to merge it with my homework comments because yeah. they're okay. one and the same. I agree with you. You, I think you had a you th- he thought he had a game plan which was to sit back and counter. Right. That's what he thought the game plan was, and that's probably what he told the team was the game plan. Yeah. We like this is a tactics podcast, and this is a perfect example because the issue here is in fact tactics. Absolutely, it's not for some of the other teams we talked about where it's like you know, like not finishing Fulham's not finishing Fulham, like that's not tactics. This is straight ta- tactics. If you have a game plan, you have to commit to it. So, kind of joining my comments with homework. If your tactics are to go out on the counter where you need like a good deep pass to Lukaku, your best player on the team to do that is Mata. Yeah. I don't think there's a team on United who can play those through balls on the ground the way Lingard uh, and Rashford were trying to do yeah. so inaccurately. Oh, yeah. So if that is your game plan, again, if that's your game plan, if that's the tactic you want to do, you have to put out there a player like Mata. Yeah. Uh, even under Her- Herrera, I mean, I guess he was on, but he is more, he, what Under likes to do is possess the ball. Yeah. We talked about that last week where we just love that he has that Deep in his heart, mm-hmm. he, he has a style that he plays. So it's a super, super Spanish. Yeah. And he tries he tries to live by that every single time he has the ball. But that was not what was asked of him this game. So if if you want to commit to the tactic and that's it, then you, as much as I love Herrera, but just yeah. from a coaching standpoint, if that is the tactic, you take him out and you put a player like Pogba, yeah. who has the muscle in the middle, or frankly, even Fellaini. I cannot believe I'm doing this. But <laughs> I, I don't would, think I ever thought you'd I, ever say that. But I thought this the, the first time. I'm like, man, yeah. if this... I, I hate your tactics, but if this is what you're going with, man, you need Fellaini out there. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I hate it too. But if that is what you're going for, why is Pogba on the bench? Okay, if you, you want to set up with Matic and maybe you put in Fellaini, two guys that can help protect the back line, can get back, have some height, can win some balls... And then get a guy like Pogba or Mata in there or both that can actually play a ball through to Lukaku. There, were, there was a moment in the game where I think it was Ender Herrera played, tried to play Lukaku a ball. And they both kind of looked at each other like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> that told me right there. There's no game plan. Nobody talked no. about how we want to set this up. There's no chemistry between the players. It's A lot of this is Mourinho's fault. Absolutely. Okay. I was ecstatic when I woke up this morning and saw that he was gone. <laughs> but that is not the only issue. No. Okay. They have a team. This team is the same group for the most part, plus Fred, 
that finished second. Who? Fred. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Who finished second in the Premier League last year? Yes, by a decent margin to City. But they finished second. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about a team that's sixth, seventh place. Doesn't look like they have a clue what's going on on the field. Yes, mostly Mourinho. But the players, there's no leadership in there. No. And I'm I'm not going to get too much into it because that's going to be my, my booking later. But yep. you can see there was no real game plan. The, the one thing that it looked like to begin with, what they wanted to try to do was go down the side to Rashford. Let Rashford, let him be the creative guy and beat uh, Klein down the line yeah. because Nathaniel Klein is his second start all year. And so maybe they were trying to to abuse that side and let him use his speed and go after him. Well, quickly that that didn't work. I mean, he had a couple of successful runs, but it wasn't anything they were able to sustain because Liverpool just took the game to him. And it, at that point, it was, let's play kickball. Last week when we talked about United against Fulham, one of our criticisms of Fulham was that they were not even trying to counterattack. Yeah. You know, we were like, you're losing and you're not even trying to counter. Normally, if you're if you're a defensive team, what you do is you take any opportunity you can to counter and you just get up yeah. for that one or those one or two plays a game and that you know you play for those one or two plays. United similar to this game. Yeah. They were not actually really trying to counter. Like, yeah, one player was just turning and kicking to Lukaku, but the team was not trying to get up. No. I know that Lukaku is very fast for his size, please, yeah. but having said that, he's amazing at holding the ball. Yeah. If you get the ball to his feet, then your team can get up. Yeah. He does that so so well. But clearly he has been instructed, the team has been instructed to not do that in this game. This is right. like kick it forward ahead of Lukaku for his runs. Um, and Liverpool, since he was the only one up there, he, it was always him against three defenders. Right. And the inaccuracy of the pass that we're talking about. So, yeah. I mean, that was my homework for them at halftime. First, let's get the right players in there. If this yeah. is what you're going with, man, you got to get Mata in there. You got to get Pogba. Yeah. Hell, you got to get Fellaini in there. I can't yeah. believe I'm saying that. Yeah, I know. And then um, defensively, I thought in the first half, they weren't even defending really that well. The midfield line was too deep. They weren't even yeah. if you're going to play defensively, doesn't mean yeah. to stay deep. You can no. play very defensively and still defend well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Atletico has done that for some years now. Yeah. The midfield line of United needs to step up a little bit more. They were just waiting, which meant that players could shoot like Shakiri and yeah. create opportunities that would create a rebound. Right. Well, yeah. In the first half, I mean, the defense was. All over the place. They did not look comfortable in that formation. They did not look like they trusted anybody. Yes, Chris Smalling got hurt in warm-up and Eric Bailly steps in last minute. You're a professional soccer player. You you should be able to handle that. Um, it looked like at times, you're talking about Herrera and Matic dropping back so deeply. It looked like sometimes Herrera didn't want to leave the guy because he didn't know if he was going to pick him up. He yeah. didn't trust his center yeah, backs. Yeah. And he didn't want to get caught out. And so he's dropping so far deep. That gives them space. They can, you know, yeah. Liverpool don't need any more space. Okay, they can play in tight little areas. Don't give them all that space. It just looked like there was, again, similar to like we talked about Fulham, no communication, no sliding of marks. And that's how Mane was free. Ashley Young kind of caught there looking at him. Yeah. And Sadio Mane, beautiful finish. Nobody on him. So, Sam, let me ask you this. Let's, let's start with the assumption. Okay, you're the coach for United, right? Yep. Let's assume that we're sticking to this tactic. Okay. Let's say, you know what, Mourinho, your game plan is great. Spoiler, it wasn't. Yeah. But let's <laughs> let's just go with that as right. a thought exercise. Okay, we're committing to this game plan of defending against a great team. What are your notes for United at halftime? Again, I, assuming yeah. that we're continuing with this game right. plan. Right, if we're continuing with this game plan, you've said it already. 
get some different personnel in there. Uh, you you need Pogba is a guy that can get it in the middle, and he can play those balls accurately out, whether it's to Lukaku or Rashford or a counter. Um, sure, go ahead, bring Fellini and give you a big body that can sit back there in front with Matic. Figure out the communication in the back. Make sure that those center mids are not dropping too far deep. Make sure that those outside, those wingbacks are not getting caught in no man's land and getting beat. Um, too many times there were gaps between the back lines, so it, it's just got to tighten up and you got to have some Man. communication. So, so frustrating, you say, all right? I, it's unbelievable. You know what? Let's move it along. Yeah. Second half, honestly, same as the previous game. <clears throat> yeah. We didn't see an, a big difference in the you second half. I didn't really have any notes for Liverpool. They keep doing what they were doing. They were doing great. Yeah. Even defensively, they were defending so well. You know, I, nothing from for Liverpool for me. So, yeah, for second half, it was United came out. They changed to 4-4-2. Introduced Fellaini. Introduced Fellaini. Props, I guess, to Mourinho. He, he does do that sometimes. Yeah, every now he introduces and then. Yeah. Uh, changes at halftime, which is, I think, what fans we like to see. Right. Yeah, I mean, he... Maybe he recognized, all right, this... I mean, the next game, he'll do that again? <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Wait, no. Um, thank <laughs> goodness. Uh, no, he, he changed to a four four two. Center mid is still dropping back. <clears throat> and to a certain extent, when you have a guy like De Gea behind you, sure, take those shots from 25, 30 out. I'd rather you do that than inside the box. However, you still, like, when they when they have those shots, you have to follow up. You have to be disciplined yeah. in the box to make sure that those rebounds that you've got to cover. But also, Samar, it wasn't shoot so from outside so you don't also shoot from the inside. Right. Oh, no, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, they, they still allowed them to get inside the box at times yeah. and beat them. And Liverpool looked comfortable. They stuck to the game plan. Klopp, I'm sure, reassured them at halftime. Hey, guys, we're the better team right now. Let's keep playing. He introduced Shakiri. Shakiri comes in. And he continues what Liverpool has been doing. Yeah. I don't think anything different than any other Liverpool. He was just the beneficiary of a couple of deflections. Good for him. The Liverpool team generated the did. circumstances yes. for that to happen. Yes, yeah. it wasn't like some flukes or anything like right. that. They they deserved it. They talked about them being outshot. And so, yeah, when you shoot that many times on goal, probably going to have some deflections here and there. Yeah. So, Liverpool, rifle winner. And then, um, you said already for United, they changed... They changed a couple of a little bit of the personnel. Yeah, I like the introduction of Fellaini. Cannot believe I'm saying <laughs> these words. I liked it. I liked it under the assumption under that the, the game plan is okay. You know, because right. again, if one of the things we talk about, we want to do this podcast is provide some actionable, yeah, tactical insight, not unrealistic things like you know change the whole thing in halftime. Right, it's not realistic. Right, so that's the actionable thing. You know, change the personnel. He did a good job, I think, in that sense with Fellaini, but. Didn't fully commit by then introducing, in my opinion, Pogba yeah. and Mata. I agree. I mean, there's no support up top when you, you know, if you're going to have that counterattack, you have to have at least some numbers to support. Lingard looked like, you know, in the first half, too, he was given the, the free roll and Rashford was going to stay wide. The Kaku Central and Lingard had the ability to kind of trickle in and they would use the lot yeah. on the outside as the wing back to kind of fill that space. But well, they never had the ball enough to do that to take advantage of it. So There's one thing I fear for United even after Mourinho, which is yeah. other than Herrera, Pogba, Pogba to some extent when he's in, Mata, there aren't that many United players who like possessing the ball. Right. Uh, and I have a, a question for you, which... Feeds a little bit into the tactics, even though it's about a specific player, which is Matic. Yeah. Um, 
I'll be honest, I, I don't like Mati. I don't know that he ha- he's skilled enough to be a center mid, even a defensive center mid, honestly. I, th- I think Pogba, for example, provides the muscle that Matic does. He like yeah. Matic has a thing where he has like a, a lot of like great like interceptions, things like that. But you can have that as a center back. I think it'd be a fine center back. I really don't like him as a defensive mid. You're basically taking out a possession, like your any chance from of possessing the game in midfield. Yeah. Am I, I you've seen more of him? Well, I think it's it's a matter of his age and playing. I think he's definitely yeah, at this point, I don't see him as a great defensive mid. He has some qualities to be a good defensive mid. He can still contribute here and there. But he doesn't have... When he was at Chelsea and he was a defensive mid, he was a little bit more dynamic and his quality of passing and everything. And so I think maybe it's it's a circumstance of he's getting older, he's slowing down. It's a team that doesn't have a lot of support around him to kind of cover up some of that stuff. So we're really seeing it. But yeah, I agree. He, he's a he's like a cliche and uh, defensive mid. Yeah, he's not a good modern center mid. Like right. a, a good modern defensive mid. Sorry, defensive mid, a yeah. modern defensive mid. You see, like Casemiro, mm-hmm. Busquets, uh, Kante. Yeah, you saw it back in the day even with Makélélé and Vieira. These are players who definitely excelled at defending. And you know their jobs, their roles was to defend the ball, pass it ten feet to the creative mid. Right, but they also had the ability to surprise with some center mid action of their own. Yes. You know, that you need to have that as a modern defensive mid. And I, as of today, maybe what you're saying, Sage, yeah. he doesn't bring that to the table at all. No, I would agree. I would agree. All right. Um, do we need to talk any more about homework going forward for United? No. I, I, it's I, hard to say because we need to see who's the coach. Right, There's right. There's really nothing actionable. Let's see who comes in with what ideas. Yeah. Players, look yourselves to the mirror. Figure out yeah. what your effort is. Quick question. No explanation required. Uh, what... Uh, are you hopeful for anybody in particular? Zinedine Zidane. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Samar, let's move on. Okay. Today, we're reviewing just two games. Yeah. And we're also going to talk about uh, some potential uh, rules in changes in rules yeah so we talk about that yeah let's do it okay i think the first one we're talking about is uh no rebounds on penalty kicks so yes. what's what's your initial take on first that? i want to just provide some some context yeah. for this these are every year several times a year a bunch of federations refs etc they get together to discuss potential rule changes for the future and none of these are definitive things that are going to change or they're not even going to be tested officially but they were higher on the prior list of things that they're going to consider right. to te- start testing in 2019. Uh, the first one you said, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just saying the, the PK first, one. Yeah, no rebounds and penalty kicks. Yeah. So the rule being, if you take it and during the game, during the, course of, during the course of the game, uh, not in the shootout, uh, but it, it, during the course of a game, you take a shot, goalkeeper blocks it, hits off the post, rebounds, it's dead, and it becomes a goal kick. What are your initial thoughts? It, this is one of the situations where I'm really glad we have the podcast to put ourselves out of that mindset of, uh, oh, you're changing the game, right. and therefore you're ruining it. And I really want to consider these. I'm not opposed to it necessarily yeah, because it's so poorly enforced, the rules around players rushing in. Yeah. On the one hand, I, I like that. But I think the point, if, if, if the point of the penalty kick is to reward the offensive player with an opportunity to score... This I think this provides too much advantage. Not yeah. not this rule, sorry. The existing status quo provides too much of an advantage because 
even if the even if the keeper saves it, they're still at a major disadvantage to get scored on. Very true. So it might be it might be that it's fair, you know, like look, man, it's a shot one on one on the keeper, dude. This is your reward, or rather, the punishment to the other team the, right. for the infraction or whatever. But this is your chances. It's this is the easiest to get the score. Right. I don't just like a couple of years ago they changed the rule to if you if you get a if you issue a penalty kick you don't also issue a red card because right. of the PK. You know I think it's the same kind of yeah. Method. And I like it and it takes away a little bit of that of that um, chaos that is yeah. not well enforced of players running in. Right. You know what I don't know I'd be interested to see it. What do you think? Um, I I think I would kind of like to see them. I'm not totally against it. Okay. If they pass it. Okay, cool. I think I would like to see, hey, how can we, is there a way, let's look first, to reinforce some of those things you're talking about, the the chaos, the goalkeeper constantly moving off the line forward before the penalty is yes. taken. Yeah. They pretend like they make a big deal. And every now and then you get a ref who will. We saw it in the World Cup. Something. Yes, we saw it in the World Cup. So can we continue to reinforce that? And then can you reinforce the players moving into the box? Um I, you know, I don't know if if that's bringing down the fourth official or, or or something like that. But can you reinforce those first before you institute some change? However, really not against it for some of the reasons that you pointed out. This is your shot. This is about as easy as it gets. You know, if you can't finish that, then um, you you, you had your chance, right? You know, um, so I agree with I'll you. Be interested to see I, that. I agree with you that maybe let's start to clean up the other stuff. Yeah, and it's like we'll talk in the eventually in the future with the punishment for diving. Yeah, I think it comes down to how to the punishment. You know, right? If you really want to cut down on the keeper stepping stepping out, start issuing yellow cards. Yeah, it's not even going to be that big of a deal because you're going to do it twice, and the exactly. keepers are, are going to stop when they get yellows. Um, and with the players, same thing, kind of with the players running in from from outside the box yeah. too early. I agree with you. I think maybe if they try to clean that up first. Mm-hmm. But like you're saying, if they change it, I'm okay with it's the game needs to evolve. I guess right. this might be an interesting way to see it. Yeah, happen. The second rule, Samar, was about around substitutions. Yeah. So the proposed rule change is substitutions leaving the near leaving the field of play near the uh, nearest touchline. So instead of having to go all the way across the field at midfield and come out at one, you know, one point, wherever they're closest to, they exit the field. So you don't have to high five the player coming in <laughs> yeah. to make it a legal substitution. <laughs> right. okay. Yes, Samar, when you were when you were playing, yeah. competitively, uh, have you ever had coaches tell you go to the far side? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, we're up by one. Yeah. Couple minutes left. Far side. Or hey, take out. You're gonna take out the furthest player away. Yeah. That was that was the other instruction. Hey, whoever's farthest away at the time, whoever's on the other side of the field, take them out. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a it's a time wasting tactic, and it's a crappy one. We've yeah. we've done it, but it we sh- you know it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen right. in soccer. It takes away from the game. Yeah, uh, especially I think as you're trying to promote the sport worldwide and start to take some frac some traction in places like the United States. Right. A lot of criticism for the sport is around time wastage and yeah. time management, things like that. This stuff you kind of no, I'm on board with this rule. I'm fine. It's with gonna this be one. weird, yeah. I'll be honest with you. It'd be strange. Because the only time as players I think when we have left the field was in like pickup soccer. Right. Or in settings that were definitely not competitive. Right. So for me seeing a player leave near nearest their you know nearest where they are yeah. 
to me, it, in my mind, that implies like lower level soccer. Right. Obviously, I'll have to make that adjustment <laughs> in my head, but I like it. I'm on yeah. board with it. Yeah. Um, it, wait, well, hold on. Is the new rule going to be go sit in midfield? Do what? Is the new directive from coaches going to be go sit in the midfield? Yeah, yeah. Go sit in the, <laughs> run to the center circle. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, some of the some of the fields too. I'll be interested to see. I mean, it won't end up being a big deal, but my first thought is players walking behind the goal during the play. Yeah. You know, um, and some of those tight, Look tight confines or, or some of, you know, some of the interaction with fans over there, that, that'll, little things that'll be kind yeah. of interesting. But yeah, I think, yeah, let's, let's make it. Why waste the time? At the end of the day, you're really not wasting that much time to begin with. So all know. it does is piss everybody off. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah. just step out of the nearest exit and move on. And honestly, even for the player coming in, yeah. Generally, the players that are used are kind of newer players who are just getting their right. chance. And it, we've been there also when we're coming up, the yeah. new team, things like that. It just sucks to only have 30 seconds to play because you want your team to win, but you're like, yeah. I really want to get out there. Absolutely. Give those players an opportunity to sweat a little. Yeah, no, I agree. Let's do it. I, I'm, I'm glad they're, they're they're focusing on time management, Sam. I think yeah. this is the first year also we've seen, we've regularly seen stoppage time added of like seven minutes, eight yeah. minutes with a, in a relatively consistent basis. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm yeah. glad they're addressing time management. I agree. So we'll we'll talk in the future more about uh, other uh, other rule changes. Yeah, I think this will be an interesting ones. recurring topic on the podcast because I think we want to see the game evolve and there are some yeah. interesting ways that we can make that happen. Absolutely. Great. Sam, what shall we talk about next week? Yeah. Um, I want to give... Uh, Real oh, quick. I want to give real please. quick. Okay, let's assign some bookings, Sam. Let's uh, yes. give out some bookings. Look, I'm going to give out a red card today. Oh snap! I'm upset. Um, alluded to it earlier. You know he already got fired. Right? I know. I'm okay. going for the organization right now. Okay. Okay. Because Manchester United look awful, and it is yes, Mourinho's a big part, but it's not just him. If you're a player on that team and you put on that shirt that has so much history for a for a city that is all about you know, soccer, you gotta, it just doesn't seem like they care anymore. There's no leaders in the dressing room. Jesse Lingard launched a uh, new clothing line this week prior to the Liverpool game. Fun. Fun times. I know where your priorities are. (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? You you can save that for another time. I'm not against you doing that. but bad optics. Yes. Liverpool, Manchester United is supposed to be one of the biggest rivalries in soccer. Right. Because of the history of the two towns, how close they are, et cetera. There's nobody in that locker room right now that I can tell that's stepping up and getting these guys in line and saying, hey, we've got to go out there and play for, well, I mean, our future, uh, the town, the crest. You know, even if you don't like the manager, where's your pride in yourself and in, in the team you play for? Um, so they're getting a booking. Uh, you know, there's a couple guys like Herrera <laughs> who I think yeah. always go out there yeah. and do stuff. But – not all of them. Ed Woodward. <laughs> this is on you too, man. Um, I don't think you've had the organization to to handle Mourinho or to handle some of the signings or whatever. You have to get a sporting director, which they've been talking about, and I think they're going to do. And I think one reason why Mourinho was go- let go already was because he was kind of against it too. It takes some power away from him. But you've got to get a good sporting director in there that can handle the coaches, that can handle signings, because Ed Woodward can't. He's shown that. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, so, so, so I just, I'm trying to picture this in yes, my head. Okay. Yes. Um, what I'm picturing, you can correct me if I'm wrong is you're showing up at the 
practice facilities yeah. with a red card in your right hand, a yep. red card in your left hand, and you're just doling it out. I'm, I'm you're just out. left, yes. right. You left get a red right. card. You're a red card. Yeah. The clean lady, she got a red card because she was passing by. Yeah. It's not her fault. It's not her fault. Hey, you got a red card, man. Look, you can't show up next week. Absolutely. <laughs> is, that, uh, is that what I'm facing? That, that's, that's, that's showing what up red be, cards. Yes. All right. If I had the opportunity uh, after that game on Sunday, that's exactly what I would have done. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just embarrassing. The kid man is walking by. He gets a red card. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'll take his job. I won't be <laughs> uh, no, I, it's just. I grew up watching Manchester United. I fell in love with the way they played. It was so much fun. And ever since Alex Ferguson left, we, we knew it was going to be hard. So Alex Ferguson is irreplaceable. But Arsene Wenger was a great manager. He was there for a while. Um, you know, not as good as Alex Ferguson, of course. <laughs> but Arsenal have found a way to make it work. They've got a good structure. Real Madrid goes through some issues, but they've got a good structure. Manchester United didn't have the good structure right now. And so guys like Mourinho can just devastate the club. It's very interesting. United's in a position that um, I'll keep this short so we can keep these rants short. Yeah. But, uh, separate from the bookings, this is just a, a side comment. United's a weird position that clubs don't normally find themselves in. The team does not currently have like pillars. Right. You know, whenever um, Real Madrid goes through things, they'll mm-hmm. rally around Ramos and he yeah. he handles the messaging. And right. but not just Ramos, they have Marcelo. They had all these other pillars. Yeah. Um, you know, most teams have that. You know, same thing with Barcelona, yeah. same thing with like Liverpool. Like they have these pillars. Yeah. United lost their last main pillar when Rooney left. Yeah. And even when he left, even though he was there with Mourinho, he was already kind of on his way out in the sense yeah. that, you know, Real Ring knew that the clock was ticking on him. So they don't really have any any pillars. Is, is the hell one of the most uh, Phil tenured? Jones? <laughs> Phil Jones? Come I on. mean, yeah. Phil Jones, Chris Smalling, De Gea. Those are guys, I mean... So you're saying not gigs, schools, no, not the same, you're no, saying? No. Gotcha, just so I understand. I mean, Michael, Carrick's <laughs> there, Michael Carrick's there as an assistant coach, but that's different. Yeah. As an assistant coach than being one of the players in the locker room and being with the players. Pogba, certainly not ready to take that role. Great player. Not a leader in my mind. From what I see. He needs to earn it. From what I see. You know, he hasn't been there long enough yet. He was a child but when he was there, but yeah. yeah. All right, Samar, I don't want you to get an aneurysm. So. Yeah, I'm done. Right. No, I'm <laughs> so, Samar, we're going to watch some uh, games for next week. And just yes. so that everybody knows, uh, in, since the, in the EPL, they do the Boxing Day over yeah. over Christmas. They, they play games and things like that. So instead of, we're going to record a little bit later in the week yeah. so that we can review a couple more games. Yeah, that sounds good. I think we're going to start with uh, the Sunday match of Everton and Tottenham. Yes. Uh, and then the... Uh, Boxing Day match we're going for the earlier one with Fulham and uh, Wolves. And just to explain, we deliberately chose not to go with any of the Chelsea right. City games because we want to see these middle, low low end of the table teams play in their natural habitat. Yeah. Not when they're just <laughs> adjusting to defending because right. otherwise we're always going to have the same notes for them. So we're interested in seeing that. And yeah. then if we can't speak it in somewhere. Yeah, we're going to try and um, watch the Club World Cup final. Who's going to play it? We don't know. I don't know, but it should be interesting. It should be, uh, you know. I think we. I hope we can get some exotic teams in that final we can talk about. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Be fun to look at for sure. Great. Well, we'll see you next week, Sarah. Thank yeah. you again. Have a good one. Another great week. See you, man.